Welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We'll have more information at the end of the podcast, but for now, please enjoy this week's teaching. Hello. Uh, I have Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had led them and gone, had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them, and Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Well, happy Christmas Eve for those of you who are joining us. You know what? I'll just sneak back here. Joining us here in the chapel or online via our live stream. Do a little shout out to my mom and my grandma, because I know they're watching. It is so lovely to be here with all of you tonight, today, tonight. Um, And like good Minnesotans, I've noticed that all of us are doing our part to talk about the weather a bunch. I've really been adding to that. But thank you for joining us on this weirdly warm and rainy Christmas Eve. Would you pray with me as we start? Loving God, we've heard this story before, the story of a star in the sky and a baby who is laid in a manger. We've heard this story before passed down in hopeful whispers through the, gen- through the generations. So this night, as we lean our hearts and ears closer to you, we ask that you, that you would make room in our souls to hear this story again. Make room in us for awe. Make room in us for wonder. Make room in us for heartache and compassion. Make room in our hearts for you. Pull us into the narrative, for we know, God, that you are still speaking. We are listening. We are already making room. Amen. So this Advent season, we've been considering the question, how does a weary world rejoice? We've explored what it means to acknowledge our weariness. We've talked about how we experience joy through connection. And we've allowed ourselves to practice awe and wonder through the stories of Zechariah and Mary and Elizabeth. And tonight we turn our eyes to the story of Jesus' birth and how God makes a place within humanity for the Incarnation. I love how much our scriptures are really just stories of ordinary people being swept up in extraordinary encounters with God and with Jesus. And today's birth story in Luke is no different. 
Mary and Joseph are doing what citizens do. They, they're going to participate in the census. They embark on a long journey and they spend time in Bethlehem. And the shepherds are doing what shepherds do. They tend their flocks. They're, they're putting in another long shift at work. All of these people are busy doing their normal human stuff. Work, travel, finding lodging, attending to their needs for food and sleep. But throughout their journeys in scripture, we find Mary and Joseph and the shepherds doing one thing that kind of changes the trajectory of their stories. They make room for joy. They make room for the unexpected. And we've seen this throughout the stories of Mary and Joseph, saying yes to things that sound kind of wild and unbelievable. And we see it in the story of the shepherds tonight as they encounter angels. Because for, imagine for a moment, you're at work, it's been a long day, and suddenly this angel appears. And it tells you not to be afraid and gives you a mission. And then this whole heavenly host appears as well. And you look at your coworkers, and you're like, all right, I guess we could go check this out. I'm in awe of the way these shepherds could make space for a yes in the midst of their normal responsibilities and their tough work environments. I'm in awe of the way that Mary could make space for a yes to carry this baby. I'm in awe of the way Joseph could make room in his heart for a yes to accept that God has a plan for him and for Mary and for the birth of this baby. In our scripture story tonight, we find amazement amidst the very ordinariness of life. Joy breaking into our weariness as people make way for awe and wonder. So Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem to be counted in the census. And while they're there, we don't know how long it is that they're there, and Mary goes into labor. So during this time, they seek lodging and finding space. It's not a typical guest room, but a shared space um, near where the animals feed. So in, Palestinian, in the Palestinian culture of Jesus' time, it's highly improbable that Mary and Joseph were not shown any hospitality. But they were likely brought in to someone's home that they knew and given some kind of space, even if it wasn't the place where you would normally house your guests. The room, commonly translated as inn, would likely have meant guest room. And a guest room in that time would have been kind of a small separate dwelling that was attached um, to the main house. But family members from all over the region were in Bethlehem for the census. So it makes sense that lodging was at a premium. And it's, it's pretty unlikely that Mary and Joseph were just turned away by people who were like, no, we're not going to be hospitable and kind. It's just that perhaps the lodging where they did end up being wasn't what they expected. It's kind of like when you go to stay with your extended family, if you do that, and you arrive hoping you get a bedroom. And then you find out you're on the blow-up bed in the living room. <laughs> Anyone else ever get the living room air bed? Yeah? No, just me? Okay. <laughs> a few of you, yeah. Yes, it's still a roof over your head and a place to stretch out, but it's not what you expect. It's going to be a little more difficult than you thought, a little more uncomfortable. You're going to have way less privacy. And you roll with it, because what else are you going to do? When we need to make space for one another, sometimes it is uncomfortable. Sometimes we're put out a bit. Sometimes we have to stretch a little to make it work but it makes space for one more person at the table. And this is sometimes how joy arrives in our weary world, not at all how we'd expect it. Cecilia Armstrong says there's always room in Jesus. There's always more space in God's hospitality. 
where we find a lack of hospitality, then we find a lack of joy. And our world is weary from grief and from war and violence and illness and political strife and personal and corporate failings. And we don't expect joy in the places of pain. And although these weary acts take place, our rejoicing happens when we encounter life together, when we make room for the possibility of joy in our midst, when we hold a posture of openness to however we might experience God in our midst. Willie James Jennings describes joy as an act of resistance against the weariness and despair of this world. Making room for joy allows the inbreaking of God's extraordinary love in the midst of our very ordinary lives. Reverend Cynthia Rigby writes, God makes room in the hearts of ordinary people, in the arms of ordinary people, in the most ordinary of places, a dwelling place for common people. Not a palace or a place of power, but this simple home where Christ is the center of Mary and Joseph's life, where Christ is the song of the angels and the mission and destination of the shepherds. This child is born for all people. He is our Savior, our Messiah, the one in whom all of our unsettledness, unsettledness and weariness gives way to the possibility of great joy and peace. Some of us have warm and festive places to spend Christmas this year. Some of us will spend a quiet night at home. Some of us will sleep on that airbed in the living room. Some of us will enjoy the noise or the silence. And some of us are going to put in our little ear loops and we're going to try to make it through another family gathering. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I imagine Mary and Joseph and Jesus would have experienced all of that, all of that very ordinariness of being human as well. Jesus getting overstimulated by all the noise and by everyone wanting to hold him, right? Because everybody wants to hold the baby. Jesus taking a poop when they just already changed him. Mary, whose body is having some serious hormonal shifts. She has leaking breasts and she's sore everywhere. And Joseph, who probably could not believe what he had just witnessed, wondering and worried about being a dad, raising the son that was also God's son. There were a lot of big feelings in that place. And I imagine Mary maybe giving Joseph some wide eyes as the shepherds arrive, right? Like, what's going on? I imagine the shepherd's discomfort. These men who work outdoors, accustomed to animal birth, but are not going to be the ones that are usually showing up with a woman after she's just given birth. Awkwardly coming into the door of a stranger's home, hoping to be received, hoping that what they saw and experienced was true and real. And I can feel the uncertainty in all of it, the awkwardness in all of it, the weird, strange, inclusive joy in all of it. Jesus' birth is a story about God making room for joy to break beyond boundaries, for awe to push past the limits of our imaginations, for welcome to be extended to shepherds and to strangers alike. This is a story about how God makes room. And this is what happens when we draw those wider circles and allow for the possibility of wonder and joy in the midst of our weariness when we hold that posture of curiosity with open hands, with hope that God will be in the midst of the weird and the wonderful, we get to experience awe and wonder 
and joy in the most ordinary places with the most ordinary cast of characters. I'd like to close us tonight with a poem from Sanctified Art. The world may feel like one long stretch of night, like an endless winter or a hovering rain cloud. And life may feel like like we're walking into the wind and uphill climb in every direction. But we can still open the door. We can't calm every storm, but we can turn on the porch lights. We can add chairs to the table. We can keep clean sheets on the guest bed, just in case. We can hold the elevator. We can learn each other's pronouns. We can tell stories of belonging and take turns listening. We can learn each other's names and plant trees for our children. We can study privilege and we can advocate for mental health. We can insist every single day in a million different ways that there is room, there is room, there is room for you here. We can't calm every storm, but we can turn on the porch lights. In a few moments, we'll sing and light our small candles, and I imagine these candles as markers, little markers of joy, to remind us that God arrived in the world in the deep and beautiful darkness of Mary's womb. And I imagine these candles as little signposts to remind us that we each carry the image of that creator within our very bodies as well. Beloved, in all of our fleshy, ordinary, emotion-filled, pondering and terrified, weary and amazed selves, God drew near to us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis Church Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. Creating opportunities for our community to respond from wherever they are in their faith formation. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary and a church calendar because they anchor us in something which can hold us no matter what life throws our way. Our goal is to become ordinary apprentices of Jesus who are learning to love God, ourselves, and others wholeheartedly. If you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit genesiscove.org.